You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Go as deep as possible because the, the, the physics is pretty straightforward. Unless you're doing a pure uphill Alp West triathlon, aerodynamics still trumps weight. So okay. always go for the most aero wheels possible. That was Ben Wheat. This is Marnie Sellup. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that Mercury is out of retrograde. I was definitely in a holding pattern for a few weeks. And now, moving full speed ahead. Speaking of speed, today on the podcast, I sync up with Zip Wheel Design Engineer Ben Waite to talk all things wheels for road and triathlon cyclists. Plus, we also talk about tires, PSI, and bike fitting. For any of my listeners not familiar with Zip, they are one of the top designers and manufacturers of carbon composite bicycle wheels for road cycling, triathlon, gravel, track racing, and mountain biking. Before we dive in, shout out to our sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go-to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Unlock the power of your potential. And use our code CHEERSMARNIE for 25% off. Okay, back to my conversation with Ben Waite from Zip. Today on the podcast, Ben dials us into the history of Zip and where it all began, his passion for triathlon and cycling, and what he truly loves about being on his bike. Ben offers top insight and advice on the best wheels to use for a variety of weather conditions, terrain, and race goals, and the key factors that play a role in what you should consider when buying new wheels. We talk about the evolution of aerodynamics technology and how disc and electronic shifting are the new normal. Ben sheds light on tubular, tubeless, and clinchers and how cyclists and triathletes are adapting to these new innovations. And of course, we chat about the new Zip Firecrest 303s and 404 wheels. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It is super easy. And I would be so grateful. Just head over to the Apple Podcast app, click on the Marnie on the Move podcast, scroll through the episodes, click on five stars, and leave us a review. Tell us what you love, and also share what you are listening to on your social channels, your favorite episodes, and guests. Take a screenshot and post it, and tag Marnie on the Move. We'll tag you back. All right, let's get rolling. Ben, 
thank you so much for yeah, being no. on the podcast today. I'm so excited. This is a personal passion of mine now, wheels. And uh, I know a lot of my listeners are curious as well. Thanks for being here. Nope. I'm very excited to be here and chat about bicycle wheels with anyone that loves to chat about bicycle wheels. This is awesome. So before we dive into all things wheels, give me a little bit of a background around Zip and where it all began. And then how did you connect with the company? Yeah. So, so Zip was actually started in 1988. So like in general, it's a, a pretty new company, fairly young. And we're in Indianapolis, you know, the, the, the center of um, motor racing. So um, there was a motorsports engineer that you know saw all these um, bicycle wheels, specifically discs coming out that were um, made from carbon fiber, and they've been using carbon fiber in cars for racing cars for years. So he just thought of a better way to do it. So in 1988, the trademark Zip for the sound got registered, and he started making his first wheel. And our very first wheel was a disc, and so the next year he made a like a it was called the 400 which, uh-huh. you know, was basically the original 404. So that was 1989. So, you know, the 404 is almost 32 years old and we're still iterating new versions of the 404. So that was the first spoked wheels. And then just the next year, 1990, so the company's only two years old and Mark Allen rode our wheels um, in Kona in, in one. So, oh, so it was wow. like a, it's like okay. a boom, boom, boom. Okay, this is going to be a, a, a real a real potential for a, a good company. People love them. They're actually fast. You know, that the aerodynamics makes sense. And with the, the background in auto racing, you know, they knew a lot about aerodynamics. So they're kind of applying that to people going 25 miles an hour instead of 225 miles an hour. And so that's how Zip kind of started. And, you know, they started working really early on with um, Tour de France teams and triathletes and, you know, just, just really started to infiltrate on the professional ranks and that all uh, cascaded down to age groupers. And then see what was 2010. So the company's 22 years old. Zip got bought by SRAM. So right. SRAM, the, the component maker. So that's kind of the way we are now. We are SRAM's branch of wheels, but still maintain the Zip name and the the Zip branding. And our, we're still making rims here in Indianapolis. Um, we used to be able to look down the street and see the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We moved a little bit away, a couple miles away. We can still hear it, but we're still super in touch with auto racing. You know, a lot of our carbon engineers come from that um, background. Yeah. And also I mean, the wind tunnel that we use all the time just up the street, they are primarily used for auto racing, but um, they, they put in the ability to test things at 30 miles an hour instead of, you know, 200 miles an hour or whatever they're used wow. to testing cars at. So, so we're still super entwined with auto racing. That's kind of um, where, where Zip came from. And then myself, you know, after I went to college for engineering, came out of college, um, you know, started riding, started running a little bit, got a little bit into triathlon and being in Indianapolis, not many people. Oh, know you're from Zip. Indianapolis also? Yeah. Yeah. yeah from the Indianapolis yeah. area. So a lot of people don't know that Zip's in town, but I knew it because I, I, you know, had known a couple of people that gone to work there and turned there. And um, so I started working at Zip in 2010. So this is my 11th, 11th or 12th year. I actually started on our handlebar line. So like our okay. aero bars, which is, you know, specific to try as well. So 
it, it, it's funny. There's a, sometimes there's a little bit of a rift between like the triathletes and the pure cyclists at work. Yes. And, and I the know. Oh, it worked. Okay. I thought you just yes. meant in general. But, I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah but in, well, in general too, but yeah. no, it, it's all, it's all in good fun. So yeah, I was working on our, our VUCA Stealth, our VUCA Era, some of our original extensions, and then started doing wheels about seven years ago. So that's where we are now, just, you know, wheel project after wheel project, trying to make the next one a little lighter and a little faster. And And so you're a triathlete. How'd you get into that? You know, honestly, it was, I think a lot of people's stories of watching Kona on NBC as a kid. Like my mom probably remember how old I was, but, you know, just like watching it and then going out and jumping in our above ground pool, swimming a few laps, running my bike around the neighborhood and, you know, running up and down the driveway thinking I did a triathlon. So, you know, you see that and it's so cool. And then you get to actually do, you know, like sprint races or shorter races yeah. as an adult. And in the community is just, as we all know, like the community is so cool. Like just how it's encouraging and inclusive yeah. and um, everybody's kind of, so nice. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's like a kind of a fraternity of suffering in a way. And so, yeah. Um, that's a good yeah, so name for it. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so gotten to triathlons that way and, um, just enjoy it. It's actually, I, I had recognized maybe about a couple months ago, but last year, because of COVID was the first year in 15 years, I hadn't raced a triathlon. So it's kind of like broke yeah. the streak, but I mean, things are out of your control. So are you doing anything now? Like anything coming up this year? Yeah. So, I mean, with, with, with little kids running around, you don't get to do much long stuff. Yeah. Um, so Indianapolis actually has a really good like sprint scene and a lot of um, local sprint and Olympic triathlons and some, some pretty fast people. Um, so you can always jump into that and, and get the high, high octane stuff. And, and so that was just kind of what this summer has been. And then next year, it's usually 170.3 a year just to you know, yeah, keep motivate going. you through the winter a little bit. Um, I just did uh Timberman. Okay. Very nice. Sunday. Yeah. It was like next level. I've done that race like five times, uh, okay. probably four times, you know, yeah. before they changed the whole course and it was pouring rain on the bike yep. and it was all climbing. I yep. had such an incredible like experience with myself when <laughs> found out what I was made of yep. big time. But um, I also did muscle man before okay. that earlier this summer. And I think, okay. you know, last year, like obviously nobody was racing. So getting back out there and just doing these races was like, I'm just, it's like really hard, like yeah. harder than ever in terms yeah. of, and like, there's no, there's no way to get your old speed back. Like, yep. it's just, unless you've been maintaining it and also like, you know, we all aged two years in the last two years. <laughs> yep, that so that like, is very true. Yep. You know, if you're not like ahead of the training, like your age gets ahead of you. Yep. So it's yeah. like, you know, the summer was eye opening and I'm happy, but I definitely, I definitely need to like get on a good plan for, yeah. <laughs> for next summer and like work in the speed and everything else. But that's okay. Yeah. You know, like not everyone got to do any races. So it, I think, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, I just remember it was this, this past winter there we did, it was actually a night trail 15 K like at a, at a park in town. And it was my first like lining up, putting on a, a number and, you know, yeah. 12 or 14 months. And like, it was almost emotional. It's like, man, this feels yeah. like normal and so fun again, just to like be amongst, you know, people that you've been racing for, you know, years and seen around town, but we've we just been separated. So 
Yeah, it, it definitely hurts a lot more, and or maybe we just forget how bad it was before <laughs> during our. I year think it's off. a combination of the two. Yep. Like yeah, I was running sure. up this hill, and I was thinking, you know, why am I doing this? You know, like, <laughs> because my sneakers were like soaking wet. It was pouring yeah. rain. There was wind, and I'm like, and then I finished. I finished the race, and it wasn't like I was like so long in the race, and I like got back to my hotel. And then I signed up for like another race, like yep. an hour later, you know, yep. I was like, part of it was, I'm, you know, I forgot about it. The other part yep. was I was pissed that I was so slow. And the next yep. part was that I needed to start training for something, you know, yep, like, exactly. I, I would say like, I, I, th yeah. I think endurance athletes would be like a, a great psychiatry PhD thesis, like on how, <laughs> you know, like what goes through our mind, like in the last couple miles of a race and like how we're going to sell all of our gear and, yeah, you know, take, take done. up golf and we're done. And then, yeah, you're right. It's, it's within minutes or a couple hours afterwards, we're ready to go again. And it's like, man, what a, what a change in like, I mean, there's obviously body chemistry changes with like, what a change in mindset just happens during that period. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's a roller coaster. It, it is. And it's addictive and it's fun. You know, speaking of triathlon and training, you know, I was thinking about our conversation a lot this weekend, mm -hmm. you know, while I was racing on the bike. And again, yeah. it was pouring rain. I was climbing hills and sucking down descents because it was, I had to kind of ride my brakes. Like I was yep. trying not to ride my brakes, but I yeah. really had to, uh, unfortunately. So I was thinking, like, what kind of wheels do I need? What kind of wheels do I want to buy? What are some yep. of the biggest factors to think about when you're looking to buy a pair of wheels yeah so i mean there, there's a lot of things to go through and um like our our, our lineups kind of been pretty standard throughout the year like you know as through the year so as our numbers get bigger or the wheel gets deeper but yeah. especially i think like i'll kind of use kona as an example is you know we're sitting there working the expo and people are coming by asking questions like what wheels do i ride out here you know with the winds and some of the descents and um there can be definitely you know wet spots on kona's course it's just like and it's simple but it's complicated but we always say the, the wheels you're most comfortable with so so go as deep as you're comfortable with and it's interesting because we'll see um you know some of our female professional athletes that are 95 pounds going with a super deep 808 because they've trained on it a ton and they're super comfortable yeah. with it. And then we'll see, you know, some, some big guy age groupers that are, you know, 200 pounds, like riding like maybe a 404 or 303 up front because they aren't as comfortable. And so that's another little, so that's number one. Is that's number one. So like how yeah. go as deep as you're, you're comfortable with. Cause honestly, like if you are and wet's a little different, we can get into that. Like yeah. if you're descending and you aren't confident and, you know, your front wheel kind of twitching you're sitting up on your handlebars or uh, you know up on your bull horns like every arrow advantage of your wheel is completely gone like, there's no sense in right. like even having arrow wheels if you're sitting up because your your body's what like 70 to 80 percent of the drag of the bike like you just put up a big sail but if if you are comfortable and you can stay down you know in in your arrow bars and stay in the arrow position um it's just it's just go as deep as possible and i think especially towards the end of the bike of longer races i mean you're fatigued you know how you like you almost like mentally check out a little bit you want to yes. be comfortable there you don't want you don't want yeah. these like little gusts to, to make you spooked and sit up you don't right. want to do it like like you want to be able to like almost rest down on your error bars um yeah so the, the the really simple answer that sometimes people don't get is like go as deep as possible 
and then the other thing is like train on your arrow wheels and i think a lot of people are afraid to but um these things like they're pretty dang bulletproof you can hit some pretty big potholes um especially now you know with tubeless and and that we can talk we'll talk about that a little bit more later but like you can train on your race wheels without any issues and, and in fact like we now offer you know the the wheel warranties so even in crashes if and this is kind of like to get people encouraged to to train on them not just stick them in yeah. a closet for race day get out there and ride i think your, people are nervous to use them yeah yeah exactly and now you know we, we offer the the crash replacement like guarantee so it's yeah, get out there and train on those wheels um so yeah, so that's that cool. in, in general, that's yeah. just go as deep as possible because the, the physics is pretty straightforward. Unless you're doing a pure uphill Alpha to West triathlon, aerodynamics still trumps weight. So okay. always go for the most aero wheels possible. So it doesn't matter how much you weigh. It's like and, not a factor. Yeah, I think like in, in general, I mean, the, the way that it increases your speed will vary a little bit, but like. I mean, there are very few situations where, you know, you need to be lighter weight on your bike. So arrow is always, always the king. Are there certain wheels that are better for triathlon versus cycling? I mean, obviously triathletes are trying to be as arrow as possible, but I can only imagine that cyclists who are racing are equally trying to do that. Yeah. And, and that, that becomes a little more, a few more factors and variables that come into is because in cycling, there's a lot more attacking. There's a lot more sprinting out of corners. There's like attacking uphill. So so weight does come into play a little bit more. The stiffness of the wheel. So like, you know, wheels with more spokes or stiffer spokes in the rear for the acceleration and not having wind up comes into play more. But as you know, like with triathlon, like the goal on the bike is to stay steady. You don't want right. these huge spikes in power. You don't want to stand up sprinting out of the corner, out of transition, because you're going to pay for that later. So, mm-hmm. you know, on, on those deep section aerodynamic trap on type wheels, you just want to take advantage of the aero. But in cycling, yeah, it is a little different. And it can even depend on what kind of cyclist you are. Like if you're a attack and go off the front, like, yeah, go aero because you're going to be nose into the wind, almost, you know, like a triathlete where you aren't drafting off of anybody. So I would say in general, you know, our, our, if they were comfortable, we'd push triathletes to, you know, the 808, 858 deep section rims, and um, almost all cyclists end up at the 303, 404 level. Just kind of depends on on their preference. And and now, um, you know, as we're getting into gravel racing, um, mm-hmm. the, the 303s really become that wheel that you can pop different tires on and off, like put a road tire on, um, go race the road, and then pull that off and pop on a, a, a knobby tire and go race dirty Kanza or you know or any of these these gravel races so oh really that's um, interesting yeah so you can use the same wheel that's cool exactly yep so and with with tubeless I mean you deal a little bit with the sealant but it's not like tubular where you have to unglue and glue back on and it's you know like you can pop a tubeless tire off put a new one in put sealant in inflate it and for us that set up tires and wheels every day you know it's it's a 10 minute job and you're taking off down the road just since you touched on tubeless and tubular, maybe separate those for me, break it yep. down, even though I know what it is for my listeners, in case yep. you don't know. And yep. is this the future? I mean, is this, is this the way things are going? Yeah, I think, I think it really is. So, so tubular, the, the old way of doing it and 
a lot of what you'll still see, you know, in the pro Peloton, they are just so ingrained in history. And, uh, yes. you know, it's hard to get that big ship to turn, but, but we're working on it. We're starting to see our women's pro teams are adapting tubeless quickly and, and love it. And we're still working on our men's teams, but, but tubular is where you have a rim and a tire where the tire is completely sealed. It's like, if you look at a cross section of it, it's a complete oval. So okay. you basically you glue that, you literally glue it onto your rim. And so that, that gluing process is, it's a few days to, to get it to glue on. And then there's just a, a lot of, a lot of work that goes into that. So it's a little bit of a pain. You've probably seen the clip, like the classic clip of Norman Stadler and Kona was it maybe 2005 where he flatted on his tubular and he's trying to pull the tubular off to put a spare on. And he's like yeah. screaming that there's too much glue on it. There's too much glue on it because he can't get the tubular yeah. off. So that's kind of like that shows a little bit of that, that pain of tubular. But I mean, the, the benefit of tubular that it's still a little bit hard to overcome is you flat, you can run on it. So like on, yes. a, on a mountain descent, if a, if a um, pro cyclist flats, they can run it out. There's not going to be a crash. So from tubular, we went to clinchers which is, I think, what we really all remember yeah, of. And that's what I have right now. Yep, yep. A tire that, you know, it's an upside down U, but you have a tube inside of it. So there's yeah. another interface there. And so that's kind of like, I would say, in a way, what a lot of age groupers and just recreational yeah. cyclists are, are yeah. using now. And then tubeless, which is for road cycling and triathlon, the, the latest um, technology, but it's been around forever, like in mountain yeah. biking, but specifically you think your car. Your car has a wheel and it has a tire and you inflate it, your tire seats on the wheel and it obviously your car tires stay inflated perfectly fine, you know, forever. Right. And there's no like safety roll off issues. So kind of the reason why it took forever for this tubeless technology to come to road cycling is we have 50 tire manufacturers, and seems like 300 wheel manufacturers out there to get the right interface between the tire and the wheels or in, or in the rim specifically, um, you need to have like these dimensions line up. So mm-hmm. I put tire from company A on a zip wheel. I don't inflate it and the tire just flies off because the tire is too big or the tire is too small. It's really a huge pain to get the tire on the wheel. So we kind of had to come to this consensus of tire sizing and rim sizing. And, and we're really there. And that's why you start to see yeah. a lot of, a lot of people say they are, ETRTO is like the organization that sets these standards. We're ETRTO compatible, which basically means if zip wheels are, which they are, like any tire manufacturers that's compatible, we can throw on our wheel and we're fine. So cool. basically tubeless, the benefit is rolling resistance. It, it's lowered. You can run lower pressures. So there's a little bit of like counterintuitiveness to it, but yes. with lower pressures, um, this is like really the, the hard thing we're trying to convince people of. But it's true. With lower pressures, your rolling resistance actually goes down to a point. And I always explain this to people. It's like, if you think of a tire that's pumped up super, super high and it's super hard and stiff, as you roll over a road like yes. that has any kind of contours, like any kind of like micro contours, even like a brand new asphalt road has this. Basically, every time you go over a little gap, your tire hops up. It gets off the ground. And every time you come back down, it hits and that decelerates. So like all those little bumps, like the, like the vibration that you're feeling is basically that, but with lower pressure, 
you have uh, your contact patch is a little bit bigger, but it never mm -hmm. comes up and comes back down. So you aren't basically bouncing down the road, you're rolling down the road. And this is, I mean, the mountain bikers and downhill cyclists have known this for years that right. you want rubber on the road all the time or rubber on the trail all the time. You don't want coming up and bouncing everywhere. So that's kind of like the visual for understanding um, why lower pressures speed you up. And so this is, it, it's it's a little bit of a shift, but I mean, we've seen where it in our- Where did shift come from though? Yeah, how did it like, it was just like a, something that- I, I think it, it kind of came from just everyone getting away from the pure aerodynamic tunnel data. So so we, when we still go to the wind tunnel, you know, multiple times a year and compare new ideas to old ideas, like on rim shape and rim depth. We still want to know like pure aero savings. But it wasn't until we started doing a lot of um, in the field, like on the bike testing, where essentially you have all these things fighting your ability to pedal. It's yeah. wind resistance, it's rolling resistance, it's you know drivetrain drag, it's the vibration loss you get. So you have all these things fighting you, and you know there'd be a point where if you go out and you ride the same loop over and over at the same power, if you have a power meter right. and you, you had a tire that you changed the pressure on, you'd see your speed change. So it's really like, okay, where's that coming from? Cause it's the same aerodynamics on the frame and you and, and the wheel. So where's that coming from? And yeah, so we've kind of, you know, made this little a story about it that we call the total system efficiency. Cause I mean, Zip's thing is, I think people think about deep section, carbon wheels, discs yes. that go whoosh, 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 that's zip. Yeah. But we're really trying to change it to like our sole purpose is to make you faster. Now, how's that going to be? I mean, with aero bars, it was to make you more comfortable and give you more fit options and, right. you know, be more ergonomic with certain um, extension shapes. So that was making you faster. And now with, with wheels, I mean, we still have the super aerodynamic profiles, but we're also looking at the tire rim interface and like how the pressures change. And, and so like one of the really cool things we put out is we have a tire pressure app. So it's called the AXIS, which is, you know, AXS SRAM's AXIS ecosystem, which is a lot of their okay. new electronic shifting, but it's called the AXIS right. tire pressure app. So if you can just get Google search for that, but like you throw in your, your weight, your terrain, your um, rim size, your tires, like what kind of tire you're using, and it tells you what pressure to ride. I think a lot of people at first are like blown away by the lower pressures we're riding or, or that we're recommending. But the cool part is, it's like, okay, if you don't believe us, go try what we said. Yeah. yeah. Then pump them up, you know, to 30 PSI, whatever we said, and do this, like, do your own testing. And so it's not, I mean, we aren't, we're not trying to sell you something you, we can't prove or disprove. You can prove it yourself. So that's kind of the cool part. I mean, even internally, it took a lot of people, I mean, including the engineers like us yeah. to like, be okay with pumping up your tires to something less than a hundred PSI. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's I mean, pretty it's wild. a weird concept basically because everything that we've been taught over the years is you should have your tire pressure higher. Yep. I mean, it's just because you go faster. At least that's yep. the narrative that we've been told. Even like, well, this weekend, a lot of people were talking about lowering their tire pressure because yeah. of the rain. And, and also just like they're, everybody's talking about it now. There's a whole conversation around tire pressure, which I've always been perplexed by, honestly. So it's interesting to hear like the why behind it and also yeah. understand how the tire contact 
is with the ground and and why it's better to have more surface yep. touching the ground and less in the air. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's why, like, even if you don't understand the concept, that's why we have the app. It's like, yeah, the go app out there, awesome. go out yeah. there and use it, test it, and you know, like, and, and let us know. You know, it's, it's like not a super complicated algorithm, but it's something like we've you know put together and we all kind of test and and, and mess with all the time. Um, and it's just for so, anyone can use it. Yeah, yeah, free. Anybody can use it. You don't cool. have to sign up for anything. You just go. Just search for access tire pressure app and it'll it'll pop out your your, your pressures and then yeah you can just go ride and, and see if see if you believe what we're trying to say and how does that work with tubeless so because tubeless you're not pumping your tires or you are pumping your tires no you are so so okay. it has so so there's the same valve that like you'd see in, from your tube there's a valve that's inserted into the the wheel and just you know pumps straight into the tire cavity and those are that's like what everybody will be riding on yeah yeah. By the end of yeah. 2022. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sooner. mean, ho hopefully sooner, but but we we yeah. know that you know it's it's a sometimes it's a big investment for people. But even I mean, so 2019 in Kona we had I mean Ferdino won, and he was on 858 tubeless that we hadn't released yet. So he was riding tubeless. Sebastian Keenley was riding tubeless, and uh, Alistair Brownlee was also riding tubeless. So we had three guys already. I mean, like so you think about it three of the people on the Mount Rushmore of Ironman racing right now, yeah. those three, but, but they're also, I mean, triathletes are, they're much easier sell than, you know, cyclists, triathletes right. know, like, like I, I need to figure out how I can get faster. It's like, right. you know, I'd put all the training in, like, I want to make sure my equipment can get me faster. So, so they're open to hearing our stories and then we show them the data, you know, we get in wheels to test, they go out and test and they're like, yeah, you're right. Give me those eight, five, eights for Kona. Um, right. So, so yeah, and, and then the other big benefit of tubeless that we haven't really touched on yet is its ability to seal. So inside the tubeless tire in the rim, you put sealant in there, just like liquid, just a little bit of liquid. And so if you get like a little puncture, you know, you run over a piece of glass or something, a little pinhole, as, you know, air goes out of that hole, it kind of creates, you know, I want to say a vacuum, but like it sucks the sealant into that hole and the, and the sealant stops. Oh. That's so, cool. yeah, so, I mean, I got a great example of, you know, we we're on the lunch ride as pre-pandemic and I'm riding something tubeless and, you know, on the, and the guy behind me is like, I hear him say, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So as, as my wheel was rotating, I hit something, you know, it starts shooting sealant out, like back at him, but then like in a few rotations, it sealed up and I, and I didn't even know that it happened unless he would have said something. Wow. So it sealed back up. I think I checked, I'm, you know, lost like 10 PSI, but in the course of a race or a long ride or a training ride or whatever, like you wouldn't even really know. And so it, it's, it's a huge benefit to tubeless, just like all those little holes that you'd normally go through your tube, you have to stop and replace yeah. your tube. You don't have issues with, and then well, I'd say one of the biggest issues with tube systems, tube clincher systems is like the yes. pinch flats. Yes. So, you know, you, you hit a railroad tie or a pothole and your tire and your tube squeeze together and the tube gets, you know, snake bite marts or whatever people call it. Yeah, that um, happens to my partner. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. We don't have tubes, so you don't pinch flat. So, I mean, yeah. like you can you can hit stuff and, you know, as the tire compresses and goes against the rim, there's nothing there to, to put holes in. So it basically eliminates pinch flats. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it, it's it's an obviously... I mean, like it's a better system. It's just getting people to adapt to it and move to it. Yeah.
And, I, did, and being, I noticed, yeah. I mean, change is hard, right? Being comfortable with something yeah. new is hard. So, but we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed, I mean, a lot of people are riding tubeless now and and it works with any drivetrain, right? Like yep. it's not, you don't need, like it's not headline to do with like disc or anything like that or electronic, nope. like you can get tubeless wheels and put that on and, and you can do it yourself or you have to get it done at the bike shop. It's gotta be a professional if you don't know. I mean, I, mean, I would say like if you're, pretty comfortable with popping tubes in and out of tires like yeah. you can you can learn to tube tubeless just as easy um i think the the, the big hurdle a little bit is putting sealant in but yeah. essentially i mean there's all different ways to do it but people have you know like looks like little syringe injectors you pull your valve core out and right. you stick it in there and you shoot some sealant in there it tells you how much to shoot in and then put your valve core back in, pump it up. And that's it. I mean, it's okay. And it's like a regular it, tire that you pump it yep. when you're going to ride or you lower the air pressure, like all those yep. things. Yep. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, once you get going there, there's no real, real difference. I think like there's some feedback of people say they feel a lot more like tubulars than clinchers do. Mm -hmm. So like there's a little bit a different feeling, a little bit more like of a, a, a I don't know. I'm gonna say speed feeling because that's that would be too too easy to pick, but like it, it just feels a little bit lighter and snappier in a way because you aren't lugging around you know a heavy a heavy tube. So if you're really in tune, you might be able to feel it, but in general, just so many benefits to the tubeless system. And it's all terrain, like it doesn't. It's like you know because especially like here where I ride in New York City on I ride up over the GW and yeah on nine. I never ride anywhere where the roads are perfect, so exactly. it's like. You know, and yeah, I mean, you see people getting flats all the time. So yep. I would say like, I mean, nobody rides where it's perfect, but like the, the only yeah. caveat that we still like allow, you know, like allow and encourage <laughs> higher pressures are track riders, right? I mean, they're on yes. a perfect wooden yeah. surface. So our athlete that, I don't know if you saw, but he just broke the world record in the pursuit. So he went, um, I just saw people posting about the pursuit. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so think about it. So he went four kilometers under four minutes so you know it's 60 whatever kilometers an hour like 38 yeah, miles an hour nuts. for four yeah. minutes yeah um so it's a totally different kind of riding but you're on a perfect surface and that's right. whenever you aren't going to have the balancing and the bumps you're going to be right. rolling so higher pressures work work good in that situation but that is for such a small percentage of the population that it's a it's a different story a different message we send but yeah for all of us that ride out on public roads we are we are definitely going to get benefits from a tubeless system back to wheels for a second are there certain wheels that are better for different road conditions i know you, you know being comfortable is important and using your wheels is important but would you recommend a certain wheel size like a width or a type that is better than another for different it, conditions yeah. yeah so i mean in general we kind of talk how our like our our, our 300 level wheels like our our 303s and our 353, they're not as deep and but more specifically, they're also wider. It's like their internal width is 25 millimeters. Okay. And what that means is you can put larger tires on them. So whether it's a road slick tire or, you know, a knobby mountain bike looking tire for you know, hardcore gravel, you can go wider tires. And like you get 25, more 28 or just 25? Bigger. So, so bigger. like, so on something that on, and, that, and that's another thing we can talk about is just yeah, how we're talk about tire size sizing has changed because, throughout years yeah. because I mean like on a 25 millimeter internal rim the spec says the smallest tire you can ride is a 28 the smallest is a 28 okay. so 
if you roll up to the zip lunch ride, like the super famous zip lunch ride where we go out and just crush each I'm other. I'm coming every to day. Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to do it. I'm I mean, crashing it's, it's the fun. lunch ride. Yes. I mean, like eight years ago, you would have rolled up and people would have been on, you know, like these 21 and 23 millimeter tires, like yeah. super narrow, pumped up to 100 PSI. And we all be bouncing around the streets of Indianapolis racing each other. And now today, I think if you roll up, I don't think anybody would be on 25s anymore. We all be on at least 28 millimeter tires yeah. on like our 303s, you know, maybe 65 PSI and comfortable and just as fast. So the 303s, like 303 and 353, the minimum tires, pretty much 28. So we see a lot of 28s, 30s, 32s. And then you can even throw on like our zip gravel tire, which is 40 millimeters wide. And on a same wheel set. Bike, uh, wheel? Yep. Wow. Yep. So, um, and, and then you also see it in frames too, where like their clearance is getting that's bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. Clearance. Oh, I have a felt. It would never clear, but I can barely right. clear the 25. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, I mean, as bikes come out, like newer bikes, I mean, that's kind of where this all has to evolve yeah. together, right? Like we can't say, oh, wider tires are better look at all this data, then nobody has a bike to ride them. That's, that's useless. Um, yeah. So like we have to kind of evolve together with the frame manufacturers. So you get the not as deep wheels, the 303s, you can go really wide tires. Now like the 404s or the, four, the new 454 has a 23 millimeter internal rim. Okay. The smallest tire you can ride on that is a 25. Okay. So like, so we kind of recommend, you know, if, if you're a super like, you know, super aero TT guy or an off the front cyclist, like maybe a 25 on the front, maybe even 25 or 28 on the rear. Well, that's but interesting. So you mix it up. Like you'll have two yeah, different size tires. Definitely mix okay. it up. So you think about, you know, your front tire and your front wheel is hitting the wind, like a lot mm -hmm. and your rear wheel is more protected. So you go super arrow on the front and on the rear, you go a little bit bigger with a little less pressure and get the comfort aspect. So I think on like TT bikes, that's probably what I'm running now is like a 25 front and 28 rear. So there's, oh, okay. there's a lot wow. of things to think about. So you think about yeah. the bigger the tire, the wider it is, the more volume, so more air and almost like more spring, you know, like more of a damper yeah. and more, more comfortable. So for everyday riding, 303s, 404s are pretty good. They're sturdy because I, I too, I'm sure that I would be so nervous to get new wheels and then ride them on 9W and have a rock hit it. And yeah. I would just be like so mad at myself all day for, yep. you know, buying these awesome wheels and then ruining them. But I'm, I'm yep. like that with, I like all my equipment. Like I have like <laughs> a really high end windsurfing. I have a lot of gear and a board and I like, I like smashed it day yeah. one by accident <laughs> and with the mast. And I was like, so mad. I was my bike too. I mean, I try to keep it in good condition, but I, I after like a few months, I let go of it, but, yep. you know, in the beginning, but actually, and, and even at this race this weekend, there was a bike shop that was renting wheels, right? And I'm mm -hmm. like, why would I rent wheels today? Like, aren't you not supposed to do anything new on race yeah. day? Yeah. Uh, I was like, maybe I can ride it later. And then after, because it was raining, I was like, not even able to do anything. Yeah. I should have done it on Saturday, the day before the <laughs> race and tried yeah. out the bike. So yeah, so the basic wheel you can have or should have is a 303 or 404. If you want to add to that mix, what would you add? And especially as a triathlete. I mean, like, I guess in general, my recommendation would be like, you know, if you want to kind of have like these daily drivers of maybe a 303 or, or 404 set, whatever it is, you know, just ride them every day and then have in your, like your race 
wheel set ready to go in the background because yeah. whether it's like a set of 808s or 808 in a disc yeah just, just have those ready to go because there is something you know they're fast but also i mean there's something about you know, like putting on your it used to be like putting on your old racing flats to go run yeah like, i was just gonna say running it's like yeah, yeah. your like special run shoes yeah yeah, yeah. And, and now it's not racing flats anymore it's you know it's your your vapor flies or whatever they are, but putting those on, yeah. knowing like they're fast and just like that, that mental edge you get by putting on yeah. um, those set of wheels. But you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier is that we still really try to encourage people is like, whatever you're going to race on, like train on it a lot. It's like, don't practice nutrition on race day, practice it way before race day. So right. similarly, like, you know, all, maybe like all just your long run or long rides, put your deep section front wheel on just so you're so comfortable with it. So I think, I think we do see that a lot of people have, you know, the, like their everyday you know, 303 set, then, you know, they're 858 in disc for, for race day and for training around race day. But it, never you're talking about your, your windsurf yeah. and stuff I brought up earlier, but that's, I mean, that's really one of the reasons why we started, I, mean, I think it was starting in 2020 offering the, the full warranty replacement program on right. our wheels. So just really encourage people, you know, it, to, to, to go out, to ride yeah. hard, you know, don't be afraid. It's like, it's kind of like back to, again, our point is to make you faster and you can't be faster if you're afraid. Like if you're like, you know, dodging right. stuff or whatever in a gravel race. And like, I mean, and it's fun. It's actually fun for us as engineers because anytime somebody, you know, hits this huge pothole or this huge rock in a race and gets like this itsy bitsy little crack in their rim and returns it, we, we like almost all of them, we grab them, we inspect them. We actually, this would, you know, make you or some of the listeners just scared to death, but like we cut our rims up a lot and like in, uh, dissect the inside to see what's happening and the carbon layers. Yeah. And and so it's cool to see, you know, how our, all the testing we do in our test lab, what failures we get there versus in the field. So it's kind of helped evolve our testing as well to see right. how our customers actually riding and breaking stuff versus how we break it in development. You know, I, I just I can't even imagine being on like an 808 or an 858 and like having a side wind. Yeah. Being 105 pounds and five yeah. one. But I see Rini and all yep. these other athletes on like these great yep. wheels out there. Yep. So what are like what are they doing? Or is it just learning how to ride it? Is it like a little I, bit I think it's learning how to ride it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I and I mean when we we encourage them to ride you see them on their training rides, they're riding yeah, them, you know, all the yeah. time and just just get used to it. And so it's just you know, it, it's, it's, it's not something that, that, you know, whenever wind hits you in Kona, which, you know, some of the worst winds ever yeah. um, on, on any long distance course, you aren't surprised by it at all. Like they, they know what to feel. And that's, you know, during our last you know, maybe four to five years of development on wheels, we really tried to work on making the rim shape. So like that crosswind stability is much better. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, honestly, that's kind of like where the four, five, four and eight, five, eight sawtooth profile came from is kind of simply that the arrow advantages you get, like the winds see, you know, the deep section wheel, but the crosswinds, there's not as much surface yeah. area there because of the sawtooth. So you don't get as much of a side force that you feel. So a lot Got of people it. will say, you know, an 858 side force feels a lot like a, a 404. So like it's 30 millimeters deeper, but because of the sawtooth profile, it doesn't feel like that. So that was kind of our, our goal in some of those sawtooth rim profiles. And what are the wheels that are just completely solid? I mean, the only thing we okay. make that is completely solid is our mountain bike wheel, which is called the 3-0 Moto. And 
I mean, there's a lot of similar things to, you know, we us talking about rolling resistances. Our, as our mountain bike wheel is, is made to kind of flex and we call it ankling a little bit. Okay. But the whole point is to keep tires engaged on the ground the whole time. So instead of like having a, a super stiff wheel, we call it not solid, we call it a single wall. So it's just like a one thick wall of carbon. So, so that is designed such that it can flex and keep the tire engaged on the ground. And ultimately, you know, it's faster for the mountain bikers. That's yep. very cool. It's okay. kind of like, I mean, zip's changing a little bit, right? It's like, yeah, we're, we're starting to take some of our technology and, and apply it to other places where, once again, it's getting back to the, can we make this type of cyclist faster? If we can, yeah. all right, let's do it. And also like on gravel, I mean, you said you can use your 303s, but are there certain wheels that are designed for gravel specifically that you would use? Yep. Yeah. yeah I mean, we call our 303s like our all road wheels. And so, okay. I mean, we work with, you know, a, a lot of these guys that are, you know, winning at Dirty Conza or Steamboat or whatever, you know, whatever big gravel races they have, and they're riding 303s or 353s. Even in development, we'll, we'll send wheels out to one of our pro gravel riders and you know, he'll put them on and it's, it's almost like, see if you can break them. If you can break them, let us know how you did. And we'll try to recreate okay. that and make it stronger. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they're, they're like riding, they're, they're like seriously riding 303s, like on single track mountain bike, doing jumps with them, which is wild to think wow. that, you know, like uh, what seems to be a super high performance road wheel set made for that, but it really is. So yeah, our, our, so you need to do a lot to break the wheel. It takes yes. a lot. Yes. You know? I mean, like if you're, if you're riding and you hit a pothole yeah, and it breaks your rim, like it's one of those where like your teeth, like, like hit together. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, it's like, I think I might've broke a tooth because I hit it so hard. Cause I mean, we hit stuff quite often that like, you know, handlebars, you know, slip in the stem or something. Then you look yeah. down and, and your, and your wheels just fine. That's like a rare occurrence. So, yeah, I mean, super rare. I mean, like we get, and, you know, just a handful of them in a year. I mean, and since we're like talking about wheels and durability and all of that, let's talk about rim wheels fading out and mm -hmm. people riding disc. So yep. if somebody's getting a bike now, you know, if anybody asked me and they were getting a bike tomorrow, I'd be like, disc, digital, yep. tubeless, 404. And it, <laughs> and, it, and it really is that way. I mean, it was, I mean, because we work a lot with the frame manufacturers and it was probably as far as like three or four years ago that we started hearing them say they're done developing rim brake bikes just because I think a lot of them felt like they had squeezed every ounce of like technology and aerodynamics out of the rim brake bike. So, you know, all their new developments are going to disc brake. So since zip is, a, I mean, we, we sell some to the frame manufacturers, but a lot of it's aftermarket direct to consumer. So there's a little bit of a lag before we hear that from the frame manufacturers till we start mm -hmm. to really see in the field or in our sales numbers. But I mean, like if you, if you graphed our, our sales, like rim brake versus disc, I mean, it's, you know, five years ago, it was probably like 10% disc and now it's more than half of, yeah. of people buying it. So rim brake is, it's fading. I don't think yeah. it will ever go away. Just kind of like right. how tubular wheels are never going to go away or, right. you know, whatever little technologies will stop people sticking around. But I think anytime, like there's a new bike in a shop, you aren't going to see rim brakes anymore because like, they just yeah. aren't making them. That's my next big purchase this year in 2022. I don't even, we can't even get a bike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is actually crazy. I mean, yeah. like you, you don't want to say like the cool part of the pandemic, but one thing we've noticed and 
we see all the time in the bicycle industry now in the news is like cycling is booming. For a decade, it was all about the running boom and how, you know, I worked with one of the studios in New York City that was like the best running studio, indoor running studio, and everybody was running. Everybody got sneakers, everybody, you know, and that's wonderful, right? Yep. Uh, But now I feel like everybody is cycling. And I have seen that just from my own experience of the past year, I kind of, you know, during the pandemic, I kind of ditched running. I I just really took this opportunity to spend more time on my bike because as a triathlete, I don't spend a lot of time on my bike. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do and I don't, but it's a different, it's a different, you know, and I got to get into like the cycling culture and understand like everything. Like from the wheels to the fashion to the shoes, yeah. socks to, you know, I was on Swift all year indoors, yeah. and I, you know, I'm, I just signed up for a century, um, September 25th. I'm just riding, but yep. you know, I got to really connect with my bike and understand this whole community, and in a different way than being a triathlete. And I think it's it's like huge. Like there's just so many people buying it, bikes it and getting into it. Yeah, and like, and, and I don't, I guess. Maybe, you know, our high level people know more than do, but I really don't know. Like, it's, it seems like there's just so many things that converged at the right time of like, you know, maybe people got into running and, you know, like a lot of injuries. And so they see cycling and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a much lower impact, yeah, but still, but like also the, um, with Zwift and Peloton and Echelon and like all those companies that are doing like the indoor, like interactive. It, it's funny because the guys at work make fun of me. They're like, oh, he's the exercise bike guy. But we have an, an echelon, which is like Peloton. I love going yeah. to my basement, turning it on, and I can do like a hardcore 30 minute workout. I don't have to do anything other than to jump on the bike and touch a touch a screen. And it's just like yeah. it's really easy and it's interactive. And and so you, you definitely yeah. see that benefit. And then, you know, then people get outside and I mean, even our, my experience of riding and running around here, like we have a little just like trail that goes through town. Like you just it's so much busier. Like even yeah. on like you know, we wake up early on a Sunday morning to go, you know, run at 6 a.m. or something. And they're like, you used to never see anyone. And now there's like, there's so many out there. And, I, and I love it. It's like some people get frustrated. It's like, no, I love it. Like, cause that's, I mean, that's good for society as a whole to be out there being yeah. active and especially buying bike parts. That's good for us too. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I couldn't even, we couldn't even get them. So my partner wanted to get the Savello the newest Savello in like the turquoise color yeah, with like yeah. the SRAM you know, all the stuff, like the pimped out hardcore bike and the bike shop, he won't take her money (laughs) because he doesn't have the bike. Isn't it crazy? And it's it's wild. And like, and so, I mean, part of what we we need to do is like figure out, you know, how sustainable this is. But I mean, for the, for the near future, like we do not see a slowdown either, which is pretty cool. It's just like, I mean, that our backlog or the amount of orders we're getting in is still is still steady it's not like i mean shops are still selling every single piece of equipment yeah oh i know i couldn't in. find any wheels you couldn't find yeah. wheels you couldn't like nothing it was yeah. i mean now you, i know you can order them on the website but right. you know people can buy direct your direct to consumer as well yep. but you also sell wheels to all the shops and yep. you work with different frame manufacturers yep. to, it's amazing how many people are cycling and how yep. I feel like the site, like the cycling industry for me felt a little bit yogi, like, like, yeah. you know, cyclists yeah. are very laid back and the whole industry was pretty laid back, right? Yep. Like in terms of, and all of a sudden everybody wanted to cycle and all yep. the manufacturers and all the companies had to quickly yep. pivot and make exactly. more products. 
Yep. It's a and good think, problem to have. Yeah. And I think some of it is, is I think cycling used to feel like that it was a super hardcore crit racer racing around yes. city blocks, crashing, you know, like just crazy guys. And now it's, you know, it's your grand fondos. It's your gravel races where, yeah, people are racing, but if you're not in the top 15, you're out there riding with your buddy all day long and, you know, and stopping yeah. and chatting. So I think it's kind of opened up this more, it's not cutthroat. It's like a very welcoming to everyone. Like, right. let's go do this grand fondo. And, you know, there's four stops and two of them we stop and eat fried chicken type of a thing, which I think a lot of people, you know, really, really kind of gravitate to more than. Yeah. the super skinny guys in the lycra like that are sliding across city streets racing crits which is yeah you know. the whole it's really changed i mean that's an interesting point that you brought up because it is true that it was very hardcore yeah until i think until the pandemic i mean that's yep. when i noticed it i don't know if it was happening before but and now everyone's getting into gravel yep which is i love it i think it's so cool i mean there's just so much there's only so much room in my apartment for bikes though exactly exactly <laughs> Anytime we're at work and like we're struggling through this problem, and you know, maybe you're arguing with somebody, and it's like, hey, it's like we got to step back and remember we're making really fun toys for people. Yeah, there's hard problems to solve, and it's very techy, but we're kind of in this business of making toys and bringing joy to people. And you know, every once in a while, like because we're spoiled, you know, riding. So like, we're, I mean, we're busy. Like we put four or fours like on our kid's bike or something you know just because like we have access to that stuff but like every once in a while you know you'll throw back on an old set of aluminum rims and then put on your 808s just to remember what that feeling was like of like going to you know the super high tech i mean it used to be zip speed weaponry right like it's a speed yes. weapon kind of gives that chills feeling again so just remember like we're just out there having fun riding bikes and and staying healthy and it's such a fun company and industry to work in where we're, we're encouraged to go out at lunch and ride or run or go to the pool or whatever it is so it, it's a it's a great place to work the icing on the cake is we get to make some pretty cool products for people to make them go faster that's awesome and you also have a really great podcast. People are really curious about Zip and about the athletes that you work with and any tech questions, anything. I mean, I listen to the podcast weekly and I have learned so much from listening to your podcast. So Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think like we're trying to still maintain this, you know, Zip super techie. Like, so, so they, they do let us engineers like come on there and talk yeah. super nerdy stuff sometimes, but then, but it's cool because our marketing guys become, you know, tech, super tech savvy. So yeah, so it's just, it's, it's a cool job to have to make the product, to interact with, you know, our pro athletes that are such great ambassadors for triathlon or cycling or yeah. whatever it may be. You're also a certified bike fitter. How important is bike fitting and how frequently should we be getting fit? It's super important. And that's why, I mean, whenever I was, before I was doing wheels, getting back to um, designing handlebars and stems and error bars and extensions is just like really understanding how you interact with your bike and once again making a product that you can be comfortable on and aerodynamic on and powerful on so we were kind of you know like led the way with the VUCA Stealth when it was like 2012 of like this crazy highly adjustable but super integrated aero bar with you know like a high-tech app that helps you fit yourself and so it's like oh, you know trying cool. to like to really work on that and understand that and yeah i mean it, it's it's fun because in in the factory we have like a little fit studio we have a, a fit bike that people that you know work with us whether it be like our own employees 
or yeah. you know our athletes that come in that we do we do a lot of work with you know sports stars and other sports so you know yeah. like s- swimmers especially I mean race car drivers like are always popping in to the lunch ride with us or and, and, and the cool thing about bike fit is I can fit a guy to like a TT position for USA Cycling Road Nationals and then yeah. I remember I, I did that in like the same day an older lady that wanted like her first hybrid bike and like yeah. the bike fit fundamentals are still the same like we still need to have the right kind of saddle height and knee angle and all that so it's really fun just to get people kind of back to what we were talking about is like getting people on bikes is awesome but also getting people on bikes where they're comfortable and yeah. powerful like it's such a such a cool feeling so and um, so important right I mean you have to so important check in with your fit every now and then too. Totally. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Your, your bodies are crazy dynamic, right? I mean, I know my body now compared to 10 years ago, if I had the same bike fit, that would be bad news. Like I wouldn't be able to lift my head or move my back because, you know, it, it changes over time. So yeah, yeah, it's like almost like a yearly check-in and even seasonal here, here in Indiana and New York, like unless you're riding a lot indoors, like you don't ride nearly as much in the winter. Yeah. So things probably tighten up. So maybe you need to drop down your saddle a little bit at the start of the season and slowly take it back up. So there's, you know, just little tidbits yeah. like that, that you start That's interesting to, learn. to think about. Yeah, I, I just thought about that while you were talking. Cause I was yeah. like, you know, I probably need a tune up <laughs> after this weekend. My body hurts. Yeah. I was doing a lot of climbing, a little bit of out of the saddle, even though I shouldn't yep. have been, but it was really yep. like the climbing was next level, but you know, you were talking yes. about having lower PSI in general, but are there certain PSIs that are better for cold weather since, you know, we're a couple months out from winter, <laughs> not to um, depress anyone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just in general, probably just ride it. I think in winter, a lot of us aren't just worried about going super fast. So yeah. even maybe dropping it down a little bit more just so you're more comfortable. Yeah. But also, you know, another trick is like just throw on wider tires, bigger tires. So you just have more yeah. volume. So it's just more comfortable. It's like out there just, you know, getting in the miles and getting in the time. So, yeah, yeah but also, I mean, you got to remember as, as you ride and as your tire creates friction, it warms up. So your pressure does go up. So okay. like, yeah. this, I mean, these are tests we've done in Kona where, you know, we pump up to 70 PSI and then we actually have a, um, a tire pressure model, like you, like mm-hmm. people see in their car. Cork, oh, wow. the company that does power meters for SRAM, has a tire pressure monitor that you have on there that you can like read on your Garmin, your tire pressure. Oh, wow. And like it can go like up, I can't remember the numbers, like maybe 12 to 15 PSI on a hot road. So, I mean, as, as the tire heats up, you know, in, in the sun and the Queen K is basically this, you know, this huge lava field that's radiating yes. heat up, warms up your tire, <clears throat> pressure goes up yeah. too. So, so it's just like being really in tune with that kind of stuff. Cause 10 to 15 PSI can make a difference. I think so, my tires are at 110, so I probably need to take them down. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, go, go check out the app. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go get the app. Yeah, go check out the <laughs> app. And I, I, and I would, if I were to guess, I'm going to say it's going to tell you like 85 to 90, I'm guessing. Really? On clinchers. Okay. Yep. I'm going to try that this weekend. Exactly. Yeah, and let us I'm know. Gonna ch- I'm going to download the app yep. from the app store, and then I'm going to plug in all the things. I'm going to yep. see what my PSI should be, and I'm going to do it this week. And it'll be, it'll be a fun experiment. Like, see, do you actually yeah. feel any difference? Other yeah. than more comfort and more speed, that's all I'll promise. What is it that you love about cycling, and what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned from cycling that you apply to life? Or it could uh, be triathlon. Great, great question. But I, I think like one of my favorite things is, it was maybe last summer, but it's like, I went on a bike ride with my kids who are like six and eight and my mom who's like 65. And like, I mean, what other sport can 
three generations go do a sport together, whether it's riding to get ice cream or whatever it is. We are all on a bike, like on the trails, like you kind of have this moment sitting back. It's like, this is pretty cool that we can all do this. It's like, because we're not going to go play soccer together. We're not going to go play right. basketball together or hockey or whatever it is, but, but cycling, just how it, it can span generations and everything. And so anybody can do it. And then I guess applying to life, I think in triathlon, it's, it's such a great builder of mental strength. As you were out there last week and like, how often do you use one of like, I want to pull over or I don't walk over yeah. in that ditch. I just want to sit down but you didn't, right? And so there's just like yeah. so many things in life where you just need to just stick with it. And then whenever it's over, it's like, you're so happy you didn't, right? I mean, yeah. you could, I could never forgive myself if I actually did pull out. So I think just, you know, that ability to to really grind and stick things out is, is such a, a good a good tool for, for life and for sport. Yeah, well, this has been so awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That's been good. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Is there anything new that we should look for coming down the pipeline from Zip? where we just launched our new 303 and 353 and 404 and 454, which right. was our big development during the pandemic. So right now we're, we're just continuing to work on, and there's such a huge demand for those new products on, mm-hmm. on getting those out. So we're a little bit in the, uh, after a big development of, of like yeah. you know, these four huge wheel sets, it took a couple of years. So like we're, we're more just working on getting production, ramping it up and getting to where we need to be on that. But I mean, as, as you know, like, in a, in a couple of months, we're going to open up a new project and see what we can't do with our next set of wheels and make them, make them faster than the ones we just launched, which is always a challenge, but it's a welcome challenge. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much. Excellent. Ben. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.